0: Listen is uh, yeah. I want to. Uh, I want to do a good interview, so I, I got ready for you. I don't know if I should. If I should back up. This thing is. I actually. That's why I'm. I'm late getting to you because I had to install this software for this. This thing, and uh, you know. I mean, you got all your, your stuff rigged up there. I'm. I'm very new. I'm like I t- said, taking a retarded child of eight on his first walk through <laughs> the country. You know.
1: No, it's fine. Just so, you know, try to try to keep your head in the frame, and I can hear you fine. And that's you know, That's the important stuff.
0: No, that's not it. Uh, we're watching Dean Stanton there in the background. Oh, nice. All right. So uh, the best I can do, I think, that I, based on what I have, is I have this large monitor. Ah, fuck. Am I in, I'm in frame now?
1: Yeah. All right, let's go. Let's there you go. go. Cool. All right, well, so everybody, uh, I'm on the Google Hangouts right now with Gene, how do you say your last name? Uh, Gregoritz. Gene Gregoritz? Um, yeah. Well. Gregoritz. Gregoritz. I like it. Mm. So, yeah, uh... Basically, well, you know, let me ask you this. How did you, you your friend in
0: Australia told you about the show? Uh, it was an Australian friend, actually. I'm trying to think. I think it was Sam. You know, Are you familiar with Sam Fielder?
1: Mm, um, no, name's not ringing a bell.
0: Sam Fielder is a crazy, wonderful guy. I hope that he's uh, going to see this because, I mean, I... I get mad and block this guy on on Facebook on such a regular basis because he you know he's a drunk and he gets really annoying <laughs> and he, he devolves very quickly. You wouldn't know that uh, he's a smart guy to see how he is and the what things that he writes. He's very racist, ignorant, juvenile, and illiterate when he's drunk, and when he's sober, he's totally fine. You know me, I can you know I'm fine no matter what for the most part. You know, as long as I'm not smoking crack or something, I think I can string a sentence together. I do most of my writing when I'm drunk. Um, and uh, I'm just—I have to admit, tell you—I uh, don't know if I should even say this, but I'm not—I'm uh, not used to this. I'm not used to being live on camera or any of that stuff. I'm like in a closed circuit gene reality, and that I can handle just fine. But this—this is—you're. Hey, I like—I uh, like the shape of your face. You know, huh, you were, we were saying earlier—I—I was—I was lamenting my very long, narrow face, and you have a fair, kind of a fuller face. So, uh, what did I say that we would—you would be Brundle? You would be Brundle. We, you'd be brundle uh, I don't know. I, I was some kind of half-assed reference to the fly, but you get, you like Cronenberg. I like Cronenberg up until, up until the fly. I, you know, I don't like really care for anything after that. What do you think of uh, his last 15 years?
1: Hmm. I can't think of anything from the last 15 that I, that off the top of my head that I even remember well enough to comment on. So when was, no, yeah, the fly may have been the last one. At least that I can think of off the top of my head. When was we? And actually, now this is like the worst uh, produced thing ever. I'm trying to figure out when. Uh, oh, Eastern Promises, I liked. And yeah, that was after that. that yeah, move-
0: I mean, I, I was working in a movie theater when that came out. They had the shower scene where Vigo kills like five guys bare, bare ass naked. Uh, is that that one or History that was of Violence?
1: Mm-hmm. Is that that one or *History of Violence*? No, that
0: was, that was, that was the *Promises*. *History of Violence* came out about a year and a half, two years before. Uh, okay, yeah. And I just, I just, think, I think that Cronenberg's been putting out stuff for for a lot of years. I think he peaked with *Videodrome*. Uh, yeah, that's great film. Lost, but, but,
1: oh, you know, and no, d- oh. I guess *Dead yeah, Ringers*—*Dead te- Ringers* technically came out afterwards, and I love the fuck out of *Dead Ringers*.
0: Well that's right that I think no I'm sorry I forgot Dead Ringers. Uh I think Dead Ringers was his last, his last really great film. Yeah I
1: I love that movie. What a just a brilliant performance of two completely mangled messed up twin gynecologists that are completely baked out of their Gordon drugs. Good shit.
0: I went to Yeah. yeah. I went to a used bookstore. Uh and I found the the original the novel that was based on uh, called Twins. Yeah. Which was written. The novelist was a gynecologist, you know, and uh, the book was very boring. I liked the movie better, but even the movie, I think that Cronenberg's misogyny is very juvenile itself, and I've come to see him as an upper class uh, kind of tourist in that uh, that landscape of perversion or sexual disintegration. Um, I think that uh, I don't know. I I just don't I don't take it as seriously at all as I used to. Um, you know the way that the way he fucked up Naked Lunch, and the way that he had this very privileged, you know, sort of pedestal from which to look down on what like poor William Burroughs. I mean, I don't know. He loves the guy, but he's like like a lot of middle class or upper middle class or, upper, or you know or, or upper class people. They uh, you know they believe that uh, that these uh, these really tragic, troubled people are somehow. Um, Accoutrements to you know, like they exist for them. It's just more entitlement, you know, in so many ways. And uh, I hate to, I, I, really, I was very uncomfortable uh, seeing William Burroughs get drawn into that. I don't, I don't think that William Burroughs was all that comfortable with the entire thing. I mean, you know, it was good for his ego, and he liked. I'm sure he enjoyed making some money. But I thought it was a terrible film, and I didn't really think it was a very respectful treatment of Burroughs. I mean, you know, if you're really, really, ki- Burroughs doesn't write about killing his wife in Naked Lunch. So why was it in the movie? I, you, know, I, you know, I, just, I, I, we, we could talk about Cronenberg all night. I, I think he's kind of a dirtbag, honestly. But uh, I, think, I think most people involved in the film industry are dirtbags. I don't like actors, and I don't really care much for directors. There's very few actors that I, that I know that I, that I will talk to or try to maintain a friendship. But Jenny Wright, I've, been, I've recently become really good friends with, and I love her to death. And um, But for the most part, I think that film is a cesspool. That's why I couldn't wait to get out of L.A., you know. Is that where you
1: came from? You're, you're via LA. I
0: spent three years there.
1: Yeah. yeah. Is that where the yeah. the uh, kind of writing uh, stuff started to happen, or is that since your Florida move? I was trying to figure out your chronology, but yeah, it's kind of difficult.
0: <laughs> uh I started off in Harrisburg. I was born in Harrisburg. I got married to a Jehovah's Witness in 1995, and uh, marriage dissolved. 96, 97. I'm working. Uh, at the YMCA in Harrisburg, taking care of uh, you know 80 or 90 drunks, uh, you know low bottom, you know homosexuals, uh, just people that are on the skids, people that are on the, on the way out. They're, they they used to haul dead bodies out of that place like it was going out of style. And you know I was it was, it was one divorced, heartbroken, uh, gradually becoming an alcoholic 19 year old kid who was in charge of all 90 of these men and that didn't make my divorce any, any easier uh, eventually I left uh, Harrisburg and I left the criminal underground of Harrisburg and the YMCA to move to New York City where I you know gradually you know very, well, actually very quickly uh, lost myself in the you know the art underground you know uh, mostly film and unique said and uh, and uh, there was drugs fucking as many women as possible for you know as many nights in a row as possible not sleeping and um, then it was Los Angeles with Lydia, then it was uh, back to my mother because I was a nervous wreck and uh, almost dead, and then it was Baltimore, Detroit, back and forth, I don't know how many times, Baltimore, Detroit, Detroit, Baltimore, eventually, finally, after, uh, I don't think I missed anything, eventually I wound up in Florida, mm. and it was the first time in my life that I was actually happy, you know, I could actually enjoy things and experience myself and try to, like, do something with myself, and so, uh people can say what they want about Florida. I mean I I have no intention of ever leaving not only am not am I not leaving the state, which the local newspaper has other ideas about. My last girlfriend, a journalist for the local paper, has other ideas about. Uh restraining order, all this stuff. Uh I'm not leaving. Not only am I not leaving the state, I'm not leaving this fucking beach. I won't even leave this fucking neighborhood if I don't have to. You know? This is this is my heaven and I have everything that I need here finally. I'm not I'm not miserable. So uh, there, so that's my itinerary of my life. <laughs> that's a hell of an itinerary.
1: So uh, I guess we should probably talk to the audience here. So you're trying to come out to Portland do a little bit of a book thing. Do you have a website uh, where people
0: – Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I love Portland. My last book that I just put I put out a few weeks ago, which has sold not even 200 copies yet, uh, that's, that book is called The Portland Eight Mile. It's a book about being homeless on the streets of Portland for a period of about eight days, I think. And uh, it works backward in chronology, like that filmamento does. Um, and uh, I think it's a really startling effect because it it, it shows the, you know, the um, deteriorating effects of alcoholism and of uh, and, you know, uh, mental illness. I was in love with this woman, and I thought everything would turn out fine. But I took my booze problem with me when I showed up at her doorstep, and uh, you know, I got thrown out within 24 hours, and I had to, you know basically make it on the streets of Portland for a week, and I got to know Portland very well uh, that way but I I, know, I I got to know Detroit through the crack houses you know um, and uh, I think it 's the best way to get in i mean i 'm sorry I mean you know, you could die doing that, but I think it 's the best way to get to know a place. I feel like I have Portland in my bones now and i can't I really hope that I have a chance to come out there i mean right now, my campaign. I was asking for a measly 1500 bucks, and I and I was able to, you know, a lot of you know people from my past uh, who really cared about me uh, still, or maybe they didn't, but they realized, well, now that I have a child I'm trying to see in Sacramento that I have not seen in uh, four or five years, that uh, maybe, but they, you know, all this money came from people that I did not expect to ever not only not see money from, but I never expected to, you know, if I saw them in the street, I never thought they would even say hello to me. A lot of ex-girlfriends gave money. To my uh, to my uh, to my um, campaign. So uh, right now, if things turn around in the next you know 24, 48, 72 hours, then I will go on my tour and I'll do a series of really good readings. I'll get to meet my kid. I'll get to maybe hopefully buy him a few presents while I'm there and have a really really powerful uh, transformative experience that maybe would make me less of a bad guy. Uh, but it's not looking too good right now. So, if I can if I can be there, I'll be there. It all, it all depends on my readers and uh, anybody that uh, that is uh, interested in what's going on in my life and would like to see me have this, you know. If I have like 3,000 friends on Facebook, you know, if each one of them gave a dollar, I would have twice my budget and I could fucking make the whole world happen for myself. So, you know, I'll, I'll we'll see what happens and and like I said, if I can do it, I'll do it, you know.
1: No, yeah, no, it sounds like a good cause. I like it. So we want to tell people to go to gofundme.com slash help Gene meet his son. And I will tweet, I will tweet that link right now. Well, that's what's on your Twitter. So it's, uh, hopefully All that's right. right. Let's, let's get, uh, I think my audience is, uh, is very, very open and sympathetic towards, um, writers that don't have enough money and are in desperate need of travel. I find myself in that same boat recently. So um, listen to them. How long
0: do we have? How long is this interview going to be?
1: Um, uh, the show usually goes an hour. Uh, it's as long as you as long as you want to hang out. Yeah, you know, an hour yeah, is pretty much what to shoot for. At yeah. some
0: point, we should talk about the state of writing in America because you're, yeah. you're talking about your audience having sympathy for writers that don't have enough money. I mean, first of all, writers never think they have enough money. You know, the, the writer that gets good enough or, or, or gets lucky enough to have an audience of, just, say, you know, maybe a hundred thousand people, and he, and he makes enough money where he can buy himself a little house. Well, it's never enough. That ego needs fed and fed. Uh, We are fucking monsters. Oh, yeah. Uh, But I'm not like those people. I'm not. I want enough to get by. I just want to be able to slow down, stop all this marketing stuff, stop my schemes and my scams and my fucking big ideas and this fucking publicity stunt. I don't want to have to cut off another ear. I don't want to have to like, you know, fucking, you know, I, pardon me. When I go to uh, St. Pete Beach, there's a channel the sharp infested waters and I'll swim that channel to, it's like a half mile you know there and back and I'll swim the channel so that you know for uh, for 20 bucks so I can drink you know that day or for a couple hours that day I don't want to have to do shit like that anymore you know but I also don't want to be rich I'd like to be able to have 20 bucks to loan to a friend if he's in, in bad shape I like to you know but more than anything else I just want to have my rent paid my rent's paid and I have if I have beer and wine and food in my house and my cat isn't in trouble, uh, guess what? I'm gonna go away for about six, seven hours and not think about anything else except what I have to write. I'll take my typewriter or a laptop to the beach, I'll sit there and I'll write. I have not been able to do this, Alex, in three fucking years. I've been I've been hustling for three years. I'm not reading any books, I'm not writing any books, you know, I'm putting out old stuff, you know, I mean which, you know, I mean it's 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 all pretty good. I mean, it's worth publishing, I guess. But I should. I mean, I'm supposed to be working on a new book about my Florida experience, and I just can't do it because I don't have the uh, the time. Or and, and you know, time is money. I have to buy the time to write the book. And if I have my rent paid for 30 days and everything's taken care of, well, that's 30 days I can you know I can work. And just I haven't been in that situation yet ever in my life where I can just not worry about the rent for 30 days.
1: No. Amen. I'm, my goal is to not have a day job. Like that's, I'm not looking to own a house. I live in a basement apartment. That's good enough for me. I just know nine to five and write, you know, type words into a screen. And that's, that's perfect.
0: I think you're doing, I've I've watched some of your shows. I've been looking over your stuff. I, I like what you do. I mean, it's like when Sam, like I said, Sam Fielder from, from Australia, he's from, uh, uh, not Melbourne. I think he's from Sydney. Uh, he is uh, the kind of guy that you don't take seriously and but when he told me to go look at yours it's not very often that someone says you know uh, anything had to do with interview podcast you know uh, I don't have a, a, a publicist or an agent and I don't really have friends who you know who act in that capacity for me very often people will write a review on occasion this the, the other thing but when someone says go check out this guy you can get an interview I, I need interviews you know I love interviews I mean I've been doing interviews myself for 20 years, and it's nice to be on the other end for you know uh, for a little while once in a while. So this is a big thing for me, and you know, hey, um, uh, thank you for having me on your show.
1: No, yeah, my pleasure. That's look, man. If someone leaves me a voicemail saying oh. I'm most famous for chopping off my ear and eating it, there's no fucking way you're not coming on. I mean, it's just that's not the world yeah. I live in.
0: Yeah. Uh, well, I'm, I'm glad you took notice. Um, but uh, what I'm hoping for is a a day where. That is not the only way that I can, uh, I can, you know, publicize myself or get someone's attention. But um, I could, you know, I don't have a double-edged, uh, really good quality razor blade right now. But if I did, <laughs> if I did, you know what? I would do it right here and now. I, I forget which one it is. That one's already off. I could go to this one. Yeah. No. Bleed all over the place. You know, but in the state of Florida with my medical history here, my psychiatric history, the cops would be here in an hour. Someone would immediately call the police on me. So yeah. maybe it's better that I don't have the blade. But for you, brother, for you, I would do it. I would do it, you know, because I've just been fucking, you know, thrown into a very deep, dark place. They told me that I'm never going to, you know, be able to fucking sell anything. You know, they, people people want to make sure that nothing ever, nothing good ever happens to me. So I'm fighting my way out of it, you know. What do you, you know, I don't know. It's, That's It's tough when, you know, you have like, it's like what Lisa Carver said to me when I got into that feud with her. She said, Gene, do you really want to live in a world, a whole world of people you've turned against you? I said, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Sounds like a good fight. <laughs> mm. Oh, my God. Am I getting, She just – okay, I can't say her name. My friend is here, and she just gave me some powder. I won't say what the powder was. I'll try not to let it get in the way of the interview, all right? So
1: No, it's, it's, it's perfectly fine. You know, whatever gets to the night doesn't have to
0: be an interview. It's just to be a conversation. I mean, whatever, whatever. I don't. You know, I know your format. I know it's 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 uh, very loose and sort of freewheeling. That's how I've always done my thing. So let's just let's let's have fun. Hey, yeah, you, have you ever let me interview you for a second? Have you ever had a girl pee on you? Uh, yeah. yeah we'll get along fine yeah
1: I just I had to debate whether I wanted to say that out loud on camera but fuck it I've already admitted to enough shit on this show so yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah. Yeah, what are you gonna do but uh, you know here's the question for you so you're you make it to Florida you seem to have been carving out a little bit of happiness for yourself this is the the ultimate writer question I'm dealing with right now so I'm coming out of years of just being fucking doldrums depressed my brain doesn't work you know writer shit I got myself a little bit of happy going on here and that goes around with that terror of, wait, do you stop writing now? Like you know, the, the connective tissue between depression and writing seems to be really strong for, for our sort.
0: Well, what do you write?
1: Uh, well, I just published a novel last year called periphery. Um, that's out there and poetry and short stories. I have a collection of that you know, out too. Well, right now I'm working on novels. Good. I mean, it's
0: a, sure, that's the good fight. That's the hardest thing in the world to do in my opinion. I think you'd, uh, have more luck getting a license to build a nuclear reactor than you have at uh, you, know, you know having the time and the you know the the mental health and the the endurance to put together a really good two three four five hundred page book you know I mean that actually tells a story that actually gets people to feel something it's hard it's that's to me it's the hardest thing in the world to do
1: yeah and it's I, a good got, fight I've,
0: to me I've only I've written one really good powerful novel which is Dog Days Volume One and I don't know how the hell I did it under the duress I was under, but in Intracoastal, the new book, is supposed to be the big one for me. And I have no idea how I'm going to go about it, you know, because I can't imagine having – first of all, I can't imagine having the time to do it. But um, I'm sure I'll figure it out, you know, we learn as we go along. And uh, you've written a lot, it sounds like, so, you know, um, what what better what, what, what is better than that in life? I mean, it's better than having a great girlfriend. It's better than having a lot of money uh, to – get 10 pages into something after all that fear, but like, wait a minute, just have that feeling even for like a minute or two, like I might actually finish this book. That's the best feeling in the world, you know? So
1: no, it's I'm, true. I'm hooked
0: on that feeling. I want that back. I'd like to actually be feel that again.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, maybe to this, uh, get yourself out there. Hopefully we can get this tour going for you and see what happens. Or at least it's nice to have the, nice to have somebody donating. You know, you got somebody on your side, random dude in Australia
0: yeah I, I i've got I've got a lot of people on my side, but I've got a lot a lot more people than that I've got probably ten times more people that are completely against me you know and uh, I'm not paranoid. i mean I am paranoid but I'm not wrong about this this is not my paranoia it's a fact that uh you know people have made concentrated efforts they've been doing this for years and years to to slow me down or to make sure that nothing ever happens for me and it's like you know I've had people call my house like every ten minutes for periods of months you know and you know, like my father was sick, you know, ten years ago and I couldn't get this fucking guy to stop calling me. Like I'm like, listen, man, you're if my dad needs to call and I'm trying to talk sense to you to you know, to try to get you to stop calling me, uh, you know, I can miss a call from my dad. I mean it could be bad and if that happens. I mean, you can make idle threats, but really ultimately there's not much you can do about anybody, you know, you can change your number, I guess. I was too drunk to figure out how to change my number back then. But um yeah, people can do damage to you if they want to do damage. It's not that hard, you know, especially if someone's got some 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 hacker ability or they got just even just too much time on their hands. You know, they, you know, they find out where you work. They find out where you live. You know, I put my address up everywhere because uh, I've hurt a lot of people physically over the last two, three years. I've beaten up and cut a lot of people, and I'm surprised I'm not in prison for that. Um, but I think that people have understood it at this point and in, uh, you know, to a, an extent that Means something that it could be a deterrent. That uh, I've gone beyond the pale, and I'm not going to be uh, a fucking victim. And if you want to take away what's mine, I've been homeless in the streets before. I've lost everything, and if I if I lose everything again by your actions, there's nothing stopping me from coming to fucking get you and cut your fucking head off. You know, I don't want to have to resort to that, but I have been hounded. I've been harassed, antagonized. I'm sick of it. You know, and uh, and. Uh, Now that I'm in Florida, in a way, it's like this is almost like a safe haven, you know, from from a lot of those people because, you know, uh, there is a thing uh, of moving to Florida, moving to some weird area where nothing culturally uh, is actually happening that people think that you've just gone away and died, which has been really good for me, you know. Uh, What's been bad for me are the Florida laws. I have to deal with the Florida government now, the Florida police, the Florida uh, establishment and and um, you know the cops are they're here all the time you know so I could be I could be jailed any day for anything they, but they want to uh, play dirty with the law and Florida laws are very dirty and they're very easily uh, fudged or uh, tampered with or whatever it's you know it's, it's a corrupt state so you know but I've been to the mental hospitals down here three times alright and if I have to go a fourth time I'll bell. You know, and they'll have to let me out because I'm not crazy.
1: Yeah, they they dragged you in for your ear thing. Uh, that's what I read, I thought.
0: That was the first time.
1: Yeah. The
0: second time was I realized that the ear job could have been done a little neater, so I kneaded it up a little bit, and I just happened to go outside to get a mop to clean up the blood. And then someone saw me with all the blood, and they came and got me again. And then they came and got me about three weeks ago put me in because I was uh, making calls to a certain person, and uh, I really was flipping my lid, you know. I don't do well with breakups. You know, it's it's really a good idea for me not not to fall in love, not to be in a long term thing with anybody, because eventually she'll fuck up, or I'll fuck up, or we both will, and I'll I'll lose my fucking mind because I get attached to people. You know, I've said it many times. I you know I if I if I go into a relationship, I go one hundred percent, and I expect you know if I'm not going to cheat, I'm not going to lie. You know, maybe I'll drink too much. There'll always be an issue. I'm always going to be a drinker. But, um, you know, the, to me the limit is when you try to take what minute first amendment rights. And that's and, and you go into a relationship with a journalist and they feel like they have the power to do that uh, just to get even with you, which a woman is capable of anything, no matter if she's a journalist or if she's a school bus driver. And, uh, you know, so I've, I've been compromised in that way. Hence the fucking tattoo. Now that's it. I don't know if you can see it. Maybe it's better I don't show it. It would violate my restraining order. Uh, but I got this horrible fucking tattoo. You know, and I was, you know, I was a blackout drunk. Basically, I woke up and the tattoo was there. I don't remember who gave it to me or how I got it, or how much money it cost. Maybe I got it for free. I have no idea. All I know is, is that it compromises my, uh, you know, my freedom and my my my, my legal situation. So, yeah. Well, uh, thank,
1: thankfully we couldn't see it on camera. I'm assuming that somebody's name is there. Uh huh.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's unfortunate. So, yeah. Look, I mean, hopefully, I'll make enough money selling books from this interview, I can have it surgically removed.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, I would, I would love to give you some credit for that, but uh, I've been, I've been saying shit into this microphone for years, and you know, I don't make enough for my books. But <laughs> let's, let's hope they, uh, let's hope they can donate some. Uh...
0: Right after, look, this is all said and done, we should, uh, we should trade books. I would, I'll send you a box of my books for a box of yours.
1: Oh, cool. Yeah, we we'll definitely get something going. Yeah, I was curious to uh to read. I just didn't have a chance yet, but it's looked pretty interesting stuff. I mean obviously life story is interesting enough. <laughs> yeah,
0: I just don't want to be, you know, come on. I mean to have to forever forever be the the cut his own ear off guy or the you know lived with Lydia Lynch guy. Uh, you know, I've written some good books. <laughs> yeah. to talk about those books, you know.
1: Yeah, well, I mean that's it's, be, it's a good I'm way to I'm get. Not,
0: I'm not giving you prompts. I'm just saying, you know, eventually, it'd, you know, it'd be nice to like put certain things behind me and you know be able to focus on my work because I will, uh, I'll will produ- I'll be producing work um, until I get lung cancer or liver cancer or whatever kills me in the end. You know, um, I have a lot of preventative measures that I partake in daily: sauna, garlic, you know, kombucha. You know, I do a lot of things keep keep me uh, up and around. I, I'm swimming a lot. I, I rode twenty miles today. Now here I'm smoking off the pack of cigarettes, but I rode twenty miles on my fucking bike today in flip-flops. Right? So I mean I've got my health in mind. I'm happy where I am and all that stuff. And I think that makes a big difference. And you know, certain kinds of damage you can't really undo. You know, you'd want to only fucking do lines of coke for three years straight every night. You know, you want to smoke meth and do this, that, and the other. I mean, your heart doesn't really recover. Your liver can maybe regenerate, your lungs can regenerate, but your heart from years of uh, of stimulant abuse, is uh, probably not going to. It might not keep me past the age of fifty at this point. So if I only have ten or fifteen years left. I mean, I want to make sure that they're good ones. I want to make sure that I get you know uh, acknowledged and respected as a writer because I fucking earned it. You no. Know? Yeah. Period.
1: It, yeah. So what's the book that everybody should? What's the book that you're saying people should read of yours? Uh, the Portland one, the the novel. What's what? What's your favorite? I know it's a weird question to ask, but what's what's the one you want people to pick up first?
0: Uh, the only great book that I've ever written is, um, is uh Dog Days, Volume One. But Johnny Behind the Deuce, Dog Days, Volume Two, Portland Eight Mile. Uh, These books all have really uh, long. I mean, I think sustained, uh, uh, you know, uh, periods of uh, of real bliss. And uh, I hate to use the word genius, but I mean, they're I mean, you know, they're they're books that are worth reading. I mean, they're 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 entertaining. They're they're fucking dark and fucked up, and I think I've done a good job with all my books. It's just that Dog Days one is the only one where I look back, I can look look at that book and just kind of wonder how did I how did I do that? You know, that's the only book that makes me wonder how did I do that? All the other ones, you know, they're 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 flawed, and I think that they're uh, they're they're really they're profound and um, unique moments. Uh, redeem them. You know, I don't have to rest on those moments with the other books. What's With with dog days volume one with that book. I mean, I think the whole book is gold. They really do. And I think I knew that when I finished it. So, you know, and I, and I've been, I think I've been writing the coattails of that book for about three years. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. You know? I just, I just haven't been able to write since because I'm too busy publishing. You know?
1: yeah. yeah. Three years for book, for book time. That's not that long. So what's dog days about?
0: It's about a man who's in love with his cat, and uh, the cat is murdered by pit bulls, and he just goes off the fucking deep end, winds up in a relationship with uh, a very nasty young girl, much younger than him, and uh, that's plot-wise is pretty much it, You know, <laughs> and, he, and he has a uh, obsession with killing pit bulls, um, so he wanders off at night sometimes with a jug of antifreeze and uh, some snacks for the dogs <laughs> that he hopes to find, and you know, it's 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 a book about a drunk basically who's uh, experiencing a you know a, a, a long, very long, prolonged nervous breakdown. You know, that's the book, but it's very funny. It's not like a leaving Las Vegas. I do think I was really trying. I was trying to kill myself uh, until I um, met this girl and I tried to you know fix myself through her. But until I realized that I hated her and everything about her, uh, and and uh, the sequel. Uh, Dog Days, Volume 2, goes to Costa Rica, and uh, that's what I, I call the, uh, that's my uh, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Poon. <laughs> it's a much more pornographic book than the first one, and it was written, I wrote that book during uh, a stay in the Florida Mental Hospital. I was in there for nine days, during which my cat nearly died in a metal cage at the Humane Society. Uh, they If I'd gotten there a day later, they would have already put him down. And I didn't know. And when you're in the mental hospital, you don't get out. To they feel like you're fit to be out. You know, they don't. You don't make the choice; they do. And when you cut off your own ear and eat it, they're not going to be in a big rush to let you go anywhere. So it was a miracle that I got out just in time to save my cat. And uh, while I was in there, I wrote the entire sequel to Dog Days um, and Magic Marker on napkins in a mental hospital. Yeah. Okay. Damn. <laughs> Very cool. I uh, was very fucked up. I mean, uh, the writing writing 24-7 when I was in there, not sleeping, just writing because I couldn't sleep because I was worried my cat was going to die. Um, I mean, having the, the markers that they gave me and the paper that they gave me, even though they you know, maybe jumped through hoops to get each. I mean, I've run through a marker in 15 minutes and I'd write that fast, three, four pages in 15 minutes. Boom, 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 boom. And they keep giving me more markers and more papers. So I thanked them for that. Um, but uh, that was the only thing that kept my mind together. I would have really cracked up, and they would have had to send me to Chattahoochee, the state mental hospital, to, uh, to deal with me if I hadn't had an outlet. Because, uh, you know, when you're locked up and your best friend's dying and you can't do anything about it, you're going to fucking crack up. Unless I was lucky that I had this uh, art form that I could hide in, and then I wrote the book, you know? Like that, in that fucking magic marker. You know, my hands have fucking nerve damage. I have nerve damage in both of my hands. That's why I don't write by hand. But I said, "Fuck it." You know, my hands are cramping up. They're arthritic. But I went ahead and did it. You know, I got my cat back, and I lived. You know, I lost my home. I lived in the street for a long time. But well, a long time to me is like a month or whatever. But to you know, a hardened street person, it's a decade. But still, I've never been homeless like that on the street before for for. uh, for a really serious amount of time so uh, I paid for whatever I mean I guess if, if that ear thing was really morally off if that was a crime that I committed then I paid for it and now I'm out and I'm doing what I do you know. and uh, like I said before I mean if they're going to try to put a stop to me they're going to have to play real dirty about it because uh, I've got my eyes on them as much as they have their eyes on me
1: yeah yeah, yeah indeed what was the, um this is the the question that uh, I kept coming up when I was uh, talking to friends about you coming on. W- what was the thought, essentially, why the ear? I know it's probably a dumb question, but we couldn't, we were trying to do the math. We just figured if we we're going to eat it's something, that would be, part. what's that? It's the only expendable body part. Oh, just expendability. Yeah.
0: Yeah, expendability.
1: Well, that was kind of our thought, but we were thinking if you're in a state that you're chopping your ear off, we weren't sure about the, the doing the math of expendability at that point,
0: you know? Oh, uh, well. I mean, if I'd taken the whole ear off, well, your ear is really inside. I could take off this whole outside portion, and it would really be much more painful and much more severe, and they probably would have locked me up a lot longer if I'd done that. So I'm glad I didn't do it. Cause my cat wouldn't be here. Uh, he would have been euthanized already. But, uh, but still, even then, you're not going to lose your hearing. <laughs> this is this is designed to kind of collect sound a little bit, but not even really that. I mean, as long as you have your ear whole, you still have your yeah. hearing. If you have your ear canal, right? All I did was take off the lobe, you know, on this side, right? didn't see it? Yeah, right there. Yeah. But um, it uh, it didn't hurt that much, and it's like again, total expendability. Uh, I'll do the I, I would. I wouldn't mind doing the other one. It actually, would make me look better because I wouldn't be off. I would even my face out a little bit. I got a tattoo on each side. I got facial scars on both sides, and I have earlobes missing on both sides. Maybe I should do it anyway, just for the hell of it. But uh, you know, what, what else are you gonna cut off? You want to cut off a body part for for publicity? What else you got? You know, the tip of your elbow. I mean, you know, take off. If you take off a finger and you're a writer, I use all ten of my fingers, right? Well, actually, that's not even true. I I only use my pointer fingers. I never learned to type. So they kicked me out of typing class uh, when I was in high school for about an hour. And um, but yeah, I. Uh, I don't want to lose my. I need my fingers. We all need our fingers to do stuff. I cook a lot. You know, there's a lot of things I, you know, I need my fingers for. You know, uh, sex. You need your fingers for sex, definitely. So if I, if I, if I had to resort to cutting off one of my fingers, I'm sure I'd come to regret that. But earlobes, fuck. You know, you don't need them.
1: No, it's <laughs> it's true. Yeah, the the only other option that was positive to me, and I I think it would be just for for taste purposes. I don't think it would be good. Was a toe. But I feel like balance wise, you don't want to go. Like I think the earlobe is probably your best bet cause it, it does the lion's share of the work of getting publicity, and I mean, let's face it, it doesn't
0: look that bad. It's funny you bring up balance and toes. That's my favorite line in, in my, my Portland book uh, because my first night in Portland, this was 10 years ago, what, what this recent book is, is about, um, drank a lot of whiskey uh, when, I, when I met this woman. She encouraged me to drink whiskey, so my alcoholic freak out is kind of her fault. I mean she just kept me on beer. I don't think we would have had any problems. Our, our idea was we were gonna stay in her bed, I was gonna lick her pussy and fuck her and you know, fuck her in the mouth, fuck her in the ass. We were gonna just do everything Uh, That two people, two heterosexual people, can do with each other in a room for three days. I mean, she's a big David Bowie fan. She wants to listen to David Bowie, you know, at least half the time. I'm like, all right, fine. I'll concede that. What I did not really expect was that I would ruin everything in like 24 hours. But I wound up with a broken toe. And I I remember writing in the book that I I was trying to get off, I was trying to cross the Burnside Bridge uh, to walk back into the city from her house when she threw me out and I was, you know, I was having balance problems because of my broken toe, and I I talk about my balance problems and how delicate I am. I was only wearing one sock, you know? <laughs> stuff like that. I mean, I really loved Portland. I fell in love with it. This is before Voodoo Donuts. This is before Portlandia. This is 2003, you know. I mean, that's, you know, for a lot of people, that's the good old bad old days. I think the heroin was probably a much bigger uh, problem in 2003 than it is now, and it was rough. There were a lot of there are a lot of homeless people out and, um, I got a capture. Uh, you'd sing. Hi.
1: Oh, did, did my uh, thing just go weird? Oh, sorry.
0: Yeah, it just went weird. Give me a it asked me to do something.
1: Oh yeah. Uh, no, let's, let's ignore uh, that.
0: I, I don't like to smile much, but it said smile, Gene. You're being captured.
1: Oh yeah. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> no, I, uh, I lost your video it for a lights. second. I was trying to figure that out.
0: Smiling. That's how I smile. Hey, <laughs> but, uh, God, i being drunk. This is going to look terrible. Uh, but yeah, balance problems. Don't break your toes. She, uh, my this girl here, my friend, who is, happens to be a girl, uh, she she's got uh, a broken foot. So you know, and she's and she's jogging on it. I keep telling her stop jogging. You know, it's never gonna fucking heal. I said you have more tiny little bones in your feet than you have anywhere else in your body. Well, she thinks she's smarter than me. She's like, yeah, well. Uh, Did you just read that yesterday? I'm like, I don't know. Maybe I'm an idiot. You're the one who's fucking jogging on a broken foot, you know. So, uh, who knows? You know, maybe we could teach each other a couple of things. What? We're live on camera. We're we're like going all out over the internet. Everybody can see us. Well, they can see me, but what? Should I just stop talking about you? Is that it? Uh, Okay, I can't talk about her. Next question. (laughs) Alex looks. He's unmoved. He's, un, he's
1: totally unmoved. Well, no. Unfortunately, I lost your. Uh, I lost your video, so um, I was trying to yeah, fix I just it. I showed you my ass. You totally oh, well, it. No, I think you showed the audience. Uh, it is. It is up. Uh, anybody watching? It'll be on YouTube. But uh, unfortunately, I lost my my side of this. But it's fine. I got your voice. Uh, I'm pretty sure everybody else is looking, from what I can tell, on here. So all is well.
0: I, I'm told very often. I have a. I have a Quite a nice man ass. I don't know what that means. Oh, yeah. Well, buttocks are buttocks, right? Man ass. Apparently, uh, uh, I have like. Hmm. Well, it's it's it it, it it's plump. My, my 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 buttocks are quite plump. So if I did go to prison, you know, if I got raped, I think that would give my rapist a quite a positive experience. But I but it's not a womanly ass. It's a nice man ass. So it's like it's kind of like the porridge that Goldilocks wanted. You know, what? What? <laughs> she's, she's pissed at me all right so go on
1: uh no um sorry i got the, uh, the the ass uh conversation i'll tell you the truth talking about chopping an ear off and eating it self-cannibalism doesn't throw me but for some reason i was like shapely asses just had me like my brain just went into a strange place right there <laughs>
0: that's what i do if you read one of my books it'll take you to a very strange place
1: no, uh, I, I love the concept
0: so what um my ex, my ex, my ex asked me she says I, well she, I think they were, actually, her last words to me, she said, why are you not in jail? I went, uh, because I'm smart. <laughs> I'm not in jail because I don't do anything wrong, you know? I, I'm I'm like, I'm held on a fucking, what do they call it, a, a, a dating violence, restraining order. There was no violence, you know, I never hit her, I never, no, there was no violence, maybe sexual violence, you know, but uh, that was all consensual, so. You no, know, I'm not. I'm not being accused of anything there. Maybe that'll change now after this broadcast. But <laughs> no, I don't think you
1: said anything prosecutable.
0: <laughs> what? what? Girls like a guy that can fucking kick ass in bed, and I do. So sorry. Yep. Shit, I'm. So, I mean, they're gonna put me in jail now for being good in bed. Fuck them. No, you
1: know, I, I, I don't, mean, don't. I don't. I think you're. I think I, you're safe. I'll
0: wind up when I get out. Huh. We're getting. Uh, we're
1: getting feedback
0: in. I think I know why I'm 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 flat. I'm kind of like flagging now because I switched from schlitz to coras. You know, I got the wrong kind of corn water going in my system. <laughs> I, uh, I, I the I, wine. I want to have like I just bought a a fifteen dollar bottle of Monastro. I'm not allowed to say that she bought it, although she did. But I bought it. And, uh, I'm gonna have a glass of that really sweet sweet stuff. Nah, fuck it. Right. You know what? I can just drink this, right? I can just drink this, and you could pour it for me, thereby not interrupting my interview, right? So here, down the hatch. had oh. 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 Ah. Ah. to get some vomiting in there. So would you mind refilling this with some of the $15 stuff, please? Oh. My nerves are getting the best of me. Just a little bit. I don't want to, like, I want to save this for the chicken. Save it for the chicken and the burgers. We're having a cookout. Um, This is a $15 monastro, right? And I've never had this uh, before. This is a brand new bottle that I thought I would never be able to afford until I met a rich girl who decided she would just buy it for me. Went to the wine store tonight. Oh, that's so good. I'm only going to drink it. I'm going to stick with my beer. It's treating me nicer. I don't want to vomit again. I have to get some food before I can take on any. Any alcohol level above five percent. What? Fuck it. All right. You know what? I'm not going I'm just gonna shut up. I'm gonna shut up and let you do your thing. No,
1: I, I'm. I'm enjoying the hell out of you. I, you're racist. I, as as an interviewer and a podcast guy, I love when people just say shit. It's perfect. It's this is the personality that you are. This is the the writer dude that have on the show. So say shit
0: about schlitz. I haven't just, heard that word in years. Say shit. Yeah. I was convicted of rape when I was twelve years old. How's that? Is that true? <laughs> Wouldn't you like to know?
1: Well it's twelve. It's you are not prosecutable. Know if you're, you know,
0: That's the time to do it if you're gonna do it, yeah. Right.
1: I mean I suppose, but I think you'd have to have the wisdom of someone above twelve to know that. So unless it's some kind of time traveling rape scenario, it's not very helpful.
0: Well some of us have that wisdom, you know. Some of us are preternaturally intelligent, some of us are born sociopaths and we you know we uh we come back from it. You know, it's like I used to fantasize about Uh, having a a van. I've never driven a car. Well, I've driven a car, but I've never had a driver's license in my life. I've never driven a car legally in my life. But when I was a kid, you know, 12, 13 years old, I would fantasize about having a black van so I could pull a woman out of a parking lot. It was all very, you know, carefully considered. I was thinking Christmas time. People are doing shopping late at night. You know, go go by to snuff somebody. Pull in your black van. You know, some single mother's coming out with presents for her little kids. You snuff her. You just snatch her up, you know, into the van and you snuff her out. You know, I used to, Fantasize about things like that, and 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 now as an adult, I don't I don't think about that shit at all. But I guess when you're a kid and your uh, confidence has been completely destroyed and you're you're being beaten on a regular basis, you know, you uh you think that no, you know, you're never going to get a woman, uh, uh, you know, normally. So you start thinking abnormal. Well, I thought myself out of the abnormal thinking, and now I'm, I'm okay now. You know, it's all it's all good. Mm. Man, I don't want to be Ted Bundy anymore. And I, I never I never I've never killed anybody. You're laughing your ass off Well, it's not that funny? I'm talking about severe childhood trauma and you're fucking laughing at me. you know I'm trying to talk about a serious issue and uh, how serial killers are are invented by society and by their families right and you're fucking laughing at me well'll I'll deal with you later back to the interview yeah. these, are, these are, this is a, this is a real i mean I wouldn't make something like that up I wouldn't just say something like that if it wasn't true would I
1: I don't what? know uh, you you write fiction books so why
0: <laughs> You have to be careful what I say. I don't want to dig my hole any deeper, you know. Well, you specified twelve, so you're you're pretty safe. I right, yeah. tonight. It's really great to get paid tonight. Oh, go on. I'm sorry. I, I, all right. I'm. Uh, there's something I'm going to do. I don't know how. I don't have an idea, but there's. I got to figure out something that'll make me shut up long enough uh, to uh, not ruin this interview. Uh, I'll put on my sunglasses. There. There. It'll calm me down. So I can't see anything now. So it'll just be. Uh... And plus, I look really cool. So.
1: Alright, so I'm shutting up. Oh you're you uh, your aces, man. <laughs> it's uh, I'm I'm perfectly happy with the complete uh black van story you just unveiled there.
0: Big black van.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's it's you ever seen
0: the serial killer? Are you drinking alcohol?
1: Good. Oh uh, no, I'm actually drinking, what are you uh, drinking I'm drinking hippie soda. This is uh, stevia flavored black cherry. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. I live in Portland, you know I'm a vegetarian, you know, non-violent, hippie soda drinker?
0: I didn't say I was violent. I didn't say I didn't drink soda. I didn't say I wasn't a hippie. I am a hippie.
1: You know? oh, oh, no, I was just I commenting am. on Portland. Yeah.
0: I, mean, I, I have a predisposition to violence. My, my maternal grandfather did commit suicide in a mental hospital, and, you know, bank robbers on my maternal side, two of them, and one of them killed his own family, all of them in their sleep. I mean – you know, a lot of violence and bloodshed, you know, on both sides of my family. But uh, I, uh, I don't know. I think I'm a pretty nice guy, you know, right? Oh, I, I, I haven't I'm seen fine. you attack anybody. Bonnie, well, I'm trying to care of you. What, what, what is this? What is this? She's doing this. What does that mean? I know what that means. What? Uh, what? Shh, shut. Up. She, she, she's saying this. She's saying this. Shut up! Shut up! She says I'm cutting my own head off. Okay, so I'll shut up. I, but yeah, I don't think I'm and, 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 Despite all of my predisp- predispositions to violence, I think that I'm a very peaceful fellow. Shut up! Trying to do an interview. <laughs> I'm, I'm curious. I'm curious about
1: what her what what comments are here. Uh, disagreeing with you, or what's 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 this?
0: What's what?
1: Oh, I, I, it seems like she disagrees with your uh, your statements there. Oh, she says I
0: have a big dick. I have a big dick," she says.
1: Oh, that's very nice so for her to my offer.
0: grower a shower. That's why I cut my arm open when I went to Rhode Island because I, my dick was all shriveled. I couldn't get it big. I, I was trying, like I wanted to, like you know, like show people like my cock, and I couldn't because of all the speed. So uh, that's why I cut my arm nearly halfway off. And you can see it here. I'll put it up. I can see that. I don't know. Right, there it is. There it is. Oh no yeah. shit! Uh, that went down to the bone, hundreds of stitches and whatever. Uh, but you know, but uh, it's all been redeemed now because I have a pretty girl on my couch that says I have a big dick. So I guess we're good. Um, yeah. What,
1: why did you cut your arm open? Pointed. What? Why did you cut your arm open? Like, why
0: did that prove that
1: you have a big dick? I'm a little but confused.
0: You know, and 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 my dick when flaccid is only about an inch long, but you know, from, from an acorn grows a mighty oak. <laughs> Fair enough. What? What did I say?
1: I was just, I was, I was still trying to follow the follow the logic of of nearly cutting your arm off, uh, from there. But fuck it, it seemed to work so.
0: Oh well I pride myself on, on virility and I wasn't too virile that night, but until the knife came out and then you know, then they were mopping up blood for like four hours after I left that place. You know. I did a re- I did a reading three hours later at a at a rave, you know, some outlaw rave in a warehouse, you know. I did the reading that I should have done legitimately, I did it illegitimately after I got out of the emergency room three or four hours later. And I was doing, you know, all kinds of drugs and drinking, uh, uh very uh uh, athletically, and um, you know, I managed to do a really good reading on some videotapes. So you know, I try. I, I like to have everything videotaped because I do amazing things all the time without fucking tape running. I swim with sharks. I swim with fucking dolphins. I don't have an underwater camera. I can't capture this. But this is my daily life, and uh you know, I'd like to make some money off of it. You know, so I don't have to go back to washing dishes. You know, but that's not why I do these things. I'm an adrenaline junkie, and um, I'm also a really nice guy.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, on that note, Portland, you just heard the things that he does before a reading. Uh, GoFundMe.com slash help Gene meet his son. Um, the, yeah, if, the, oh, Jesus, that
0: didn't look good. Publishing. Yeah. Publishing.
1: My, oh, yeah. Publishing. She brings up a good point. Publishing. What's your publishing company? And you're a fucking video. Am and video I'm video also. I'm, I'm,
0: I'm, I'm, I'm trying to establish myself as a, as a rogue uh, video. Editor, you know, a little, you know, fucking, um, you know, uh, two pixel filmmaker, you know, yeah. What? Wow. And your website? My website, www.monstrobooks.com. Yeah. But uh, what else do I do around here? I do all kinds of crazy shit. I read People Magazine, that's pretty crazy. What else? <laughs> you your own kombucha. I brew my own kombucha, she says. What else? You paint pictures. Of cats. I paint pictures of cats. Yes, and mm-hmm. uh uh-huh. we I ride fixed gear. To with, to work I still cut record. myself. I cut myself all the time, you know. But I won't you're do it. You fucking right. You're a writer. Uh, yeah, So anyway, yeah, Florida's a blast. It's a gas, and uh, you know, I mean, you should come here. You should come here. You should. Uh, I have a, I have a spare bedroom, Alex. You should come down and I'll, I'll, t- I'll, I'll, take you on a tour. You don't have to drink. You don't have to do drugs. You don't have to do anything like that. Uh, well, but I will, I force you to come out on a kayak with me and go two miles out so, where you can't even see land anymore. And my kayak is held together by fucking duct tape. <laughs> I don't have a life jack. Yeah. That's a that sounds all, like a wonderful idea. Snakes, sharks, <laughs> yeah, man, that's fucking great. It's all out there. Manatees, uh, fucking birds. You, you couldn't even imagine birds that are, fucking bigger than me.
1: You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, that sounds uh, terrifying. I'm not a strong swimmer. I don't like the sun very much, and I like being
0: on land, so. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, spend a week with me. I'll be your boot camp. Yeah. I think, let me, this is now, I mean, it's not something I planned, but I think that what makes a good writer is being able to take a really hard punch to the face and laugh about it. I think if you can take pain, you can write really great literature. And I do think there is a physical connotation because physically writing, you're hunched over, you know, your back, your back is going to get sore. You're going to get, you know, eventually if you're at it long enough and you're doing your work on a regular basis, you're going to get arthritis in your hands. My hands are arthritic. You're going to, you know, come on. This is a, a, a physical thing, writing. is very, very, more than people realize. It's a very physical thing. So uh and what what happens in your head is physical because it manifests physically if you're not coping with things which is why you're writing in the first place to unleash your demons. So uh to eliminate the physical element of fighting from writing I I I think is uh selling uh your career and your art form and your uh, and your next book uh very short. Um I think that uh I think that what, it's yeah, very important really to uh, have an acceptance of physical pain, and I'm not a masochist. And I'm not. Neither am I a sadist, but I can play those parts well enough because I have to play my characters in my books, and I think it, you know, that's part of versatility. Um, so uh, fighting, I don't know. To anybody who's afraid of getting hit in the face, I would say go get hit in the face. It's not that bad, you know. It's liberating. It's really the most liberating thing in the world to get into a fight. You know, I believe that. You yeah, know, I'm I'm supposed to be fighting a guy. In, uh, in in Lo- in in San Francisco, um, when I, if if I make it out for this tour, I'm I'm supposed to fight this guy, and I'll, and he's a he's a trained fighter. He's gonna kick my ass. He's gonna, gonna beat me into the fucking ground. But I'll do it. Now I'll, I'll I'll turn into a big fucking girl, walking up to him, and I'm going because knowing that I'm, I'm not gonna beat him. But I'm um, yeah, I, the only, only well you know you can be afraid of physical pain, but um uh. But yeah, it's impossible not to be afraid of, of of a very serious beating, but you can minimize that fear by going into a very serious physical beating, and that's one less thing in your life you have to be afraid of. Yeah, you know, that's my. I don't know. This just pontificating about violence, but I could do that all night. You know, I don't want to. I don't want to waste your time on that.
1: But no, it's you know it's <clears throat> part of that writer thing too. You know, a lot of us deal with that. It's Hemingway, Bukowski. A lot of people talk about getting punched in the face and punching other people in the face. It's part of the part of that psychology that breeds breeds That's the type. Or... That was all
0: image for them. It was all image for them to you know they were these were very weak men. I think you have to be a very weak man to be a writer. And the way that you counter that weakness is by overcompensating. You know you talk about your dick too much. You talk about fighting too much, um, because you know you're uh, if you're going to be a writer in this world. I mean it's not that much different than it was in the fifties. I mean publishing is different now, but uh, uh, the world has always been. And will always be dominated by morons. And going up against, you know, four or five billion morons is a terrifying thought. Yeah. And it's and, and and when you can and you consider that, fighting one guy, just fighting one guy, is not a big deal. And especially if it gives you the confidence to like go and face those 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 billions of morons, you know, it it, it bolsters you. It's good. So and it's because you can't change anything ultimately. But if all you want to do is write your book. And all you're looking for is the confidence to write your book, you know. And you're uh, giving this interview for fight. free. You're giving this for free, and you need generosity to support it. So yeah, um, this is a free interview. Everything I do is for free. I give most of my books out uh, to people I know damn well aren't going to read them, you know, cause, just because it feels good to give my book to somebody.
1: Um, and generosity
0: is a way of living. Generosity That's is a way of living. I'm transcribing now. Hold on. <laughs> if you support the arts and you support culture, yes. <laughs> You need to put money down. You, you need, need to, to put do money work. down to support those people. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Generosity. Yeah. Generosity. She's saying If you give saying, more, yeah. you'll receive more. Yeah. If you give yeah. more, you'll receive more. Well, I definitely give back. I mean, I mean, this is not not like there's something else that I do. I mean, I, yeah. Okay. There are other things that I do. I cook. I drink. I, I take care of my cat. I like to go kayaking. You know, I like to shop for stupid things at a dollar store. Blah blah. blah. Uh, but that's these are all little fringe like tentacles that come out from the main body. The main body is me writing books. You know, and I just feel like the world won't let me do it and I'm a nas- I'm a really nasty person a lot of the time to a lot of people because I'm just so goddamn frustrated. I don't mean to be rude or to hurt people's feelings. I don't mean to lash out at people, but fuck, you know, I mean, I don't I'm not, I'm not looking for millions. I just want a couple grand so I can put off my rent for a little while and write a goddamn book. And that's all I want to do. You know. Yeah, well, I don't know. How, I mean, this is not we're not well, not a business conference here. We're doing an interview about who the fuck I am. You know. All right, we can, you know, what? if you're sick and tired of talking about me, Alex, we can talk about you for a while.
1: Well, I was going to say that. Movie of all time? But but What's who? What's your favorite movie of all time? Royal Tenenbaums.
0: Ah, well, that is the best. If you have to, have, I mean, if you have to have a Wes Anderson film as you, as your favorite film, it's, that, that's actually that's the only movie by him that I like. That's a good movie.
1: I'm glad you and said, said that. Just, a lot of a lot of people go the Rushmore route, and I'm I like the movie, but not nah, Royal Tenenbaums speaks to me on a deep kind of. Uh, like, I love J.D. Salinger, but not Catcher in the Rye? Like, sit that way, because that's essentially what that movie yeah, is. Yeah, 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 yeah,
0: exactly. Uh, you know, Gene Hackman in, in uh, Royal Tenenbaums reminds me a lot of my dad, especially the shoplifting things. My dad taught me how to shoplift, you know, uh, maybe not without meaning to, but I certainly watched him steal enough, and I think that led me to it. It's, you know, to my credit that I never got caught. I've been stealing for fucking, what, 30 years now. Um, but... uh yeah, I mean, Darrell Tenenbaums does some beautiful moments. I think it's got a really, really poetic and uh, smart uh, suicide scene. Uh, I don't really care for much of the music in the film. I don't, I don't care for the, the, the way that the emotion of the film is expressed, but there's some great, beautiful, wonderful moments in that, in that movie, and, I, and so I think it's just unfortunate that he didn't, uh, you know, like I think that the real young hipster director now who is really worth loving uh, and respecting is David Gordon Green. Uh, have you seen Joe' his new film with Nicolas Cage? No, I haven't. But well, you know David Gordon Green, though, right? Uh,
1: he, uh, not off the top of my head. What well, has he done? He's man? like the
0: alternative to Wes Anderson. He, uh, you know, he he he, he delves into uh, a lot of the emotion of the uh, indie rock records, and he's an indie rock guy, and so forth and so on. But uh, he's much more connected, I think, to uh, to the human race than than Noah Baumbach, or I'm sorry, to, than Wes Anderson is, uh, and, um, you know, I, I I think that Wes Anderson's just a very selfish, uh, kind of myopic type of guy, that just, he just, he takes this, this, this one idea, he's like, he's like, he's a more emotionally available Quentin Tarantino without the violence, if that makes any sense,
1: no, uh, it's a good which is good,
0: mm-hmm. but... Don't you think that he's just doing the same thing over and over again, though, really? I mean, yeah,
1: but that's why my favorite movie of his is five movies ago, or how many he's done since then. Like, I'm, you know, I'm not a well, big... What do div-
0: like, you like now? What do you into now?
1: Um, I mean, there hasn't been a movie that I've been really, that's resonated with me for a number of years. It's It's been a while since I've seen anything that really sunk in, in any kind of deep level. I'm, I couldn't even tell you the last time. I know it's a depressing thing to say, but it's just – I modern movie making is just hasn't really spoken to me in quite a bit.
0: Uh, God, I mean, they're making good movies all the time. You know, I just watched on Netflix uh, last night. I was watching again tonight when we were having the first chorus to our dinner because uh, we're getting fancy tonight. I watched the Harry Dean Stanton film. Um, it's called Harry Dean Stanton, uh, partly fiction. That is uh, just an incredible – you know Harry Dean Stanton, right? I oh, mean, yeah, yeah. Uh, they just did this whole fucking documentary film about. It. I used to I drink beer with Harry Dean Stanton, drink Heinekens and. For real. You know. Uh, yeah, man. I mean, I uh, I was in a room once uh, with I was sitting between Harry Dean Stanton and Hubert Selby Jr. It was just the three of us. And Lydia Lunch had set it up this whole evening, and I you know I had a big video collection. and They wanted my videos to, connect. I was kind of like the curator, I guess you could say, because I was really drunk and obnoxious. And but uh, but when I realized that I had Hubert Selby here and Harry Dean Stanton over there. I'm sitting right in between them. There's no one else in the room. And Harry Dean Stanton is smoking a cigarette, and uh, Hubert Selby is on oxygen. I'm like, well, okay, well. And Lydia came in and reminded me. She said, what are you doing? Like I was too drunk to re- realize that that was going to be a problem. So I was put in the very unendable position of having to – Kick out one or the other, you know. I decided, well, kick out Harry Dean. I mean, he's the healthier one. So, you know, so I said, Harry, you got to go. <laughs> so you're gonna blow up Hubert Southern Jr. <laughs> Isn't that fucking great? It's a true story. Oh, that's awesome.
1: Oh, yeah. uh, yeah. oh, yeah. That's that's a wonderful well, this, fucking yeah, choice.
0: Harry, Harry Dean Stanton is. I mean, it's like, okay, maybe if you were a girlfriend of him in the 70s to the 80s or the 90s, or maybe last week, uh, you could have something bad to say about the guy, but. Uh, he's a—he's like the consummate bachelor. Uh, he's just like that guy that really—I mean, nobody has anything bad to say about. It. He's just a really wonderful, fucking warm human, honest soul, and that all comes through in this film. I mean, it's just the most beautiful portrait of an actor I've ever seen in my life. That's great, you know. I mean, have you ever seen *In Bruges* with Colin Farrell and uh, and uh, uh, big fat Irish guy? No, I haven't. Uh man. Okay, so what else do you like? Let's
1: talk about movies. What else do you like? Uh, you know, honestly, I've been a TV person recently. I I hadn't watched oh. TV in a while, so I've been go- doing that Netflix binge watch kind of nonsense because there's just a bunch of random shows that I'd never watched before that I got really into uh, inexplicably. Like that True Detective that was on HBO oh, recently. Oh, fuck,
0: which, yeah, man, that's the best thing since The Wire. The yeah. Detective is the best thing since The Wire. Incredible, yeah. yeah. I
1: the- couldn't have been more impressed. Oh.
0: What about Breaking Bad?
1: I loved Breaking Bad. Uh, parts were slow, but I, I overall loved it. Loved the ending.
0: Breaking Bad and the uh, and, and True Detective. I mean, that is uh, that's 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 proof that there is a future for crime fiction, uh, and not just the pulp garbage that fills up the mystery section in the library. I'm talking about real art: Jim Thompson art, James Elroy art, Charles Williford art. Um, you know, the, the the really great. Did you see The Killer Inside Me? I mean. They've, they're doing things, they're finally appreciating that the heart of darkness is where it's fucking at. Yeah. And if that continues, maybe I will have a career, maybe Dog Days will get made into a film, but you don't have to have light in your story, you don't have to have redemption, you don't have, you don't need all these things. Maybe we're finally getting sick of the Tom Hanks, you know, reality, and we want to move into the fucking rust and coal, you know, chain smoking, and tapping ashes into a fucking coffee cup, drinking Lone Star beer reality, you know, where you know you're you know, you're a poison government rat, and uh, you know, and your, your soul is rotten, and there's no, there's no, there's no way out of it. I like that. That's yeah, how, I think that's what art should be. Art should deal with the uh, the lowest and the worst.
1: Yeah, couldn't agree. I love the the, the ending of that show where he talks about uh, the darkness being punctuated by the light, as shown by light pollution, completely disallowing that shot from showing stars. Was a fucking brilliant angle. Right. I, I so well, it goddamn is good. Blind.
0: I hated the ending when I first saw it, but then I, I, you know, I realized what they were actually really doing, and um, in a way, I mean, Matthew McConaughey at the end of the show, he sold out, you know, he sold out to the light, because it was good for him, but it was bad for his philosophy, and this is a guy who lived his philosophy, so, in a way, it was the death of him in certain ways, I mean, you know, they uh, they, they essentially killed off their character by by allowing him to have redemption, which is perverse. Uh, as the uh, best perverted i think as you can get you know uh and uh just brilliant you know wildly subversive uh the wire was too smart for for most of the people that watched it, you know most people that watched it. Uh, I think they got off on the drama, but, and they realized it was something important and everything, but I don't think that you really can absorb that show. That show is so tight and dense, you can't really get it until you've seen it three or four or five times. And True Detective, I think, is of that caliber. You have to rewatch it and watch it a third and maybe a fourth time to really absorb the complexity of the psychology uh, and the, the moral implications of, uh, and the phil- philosophical implications of, you know, of, uh, of what happened to those men in that show and uh, I'm just I'm glad that I got to uh, experience that you know so if things like that are happening in art you know I can maybe take some time off and thinking about how the you know the, uh, the acidity of the ocean is uh, is 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 out of control and how um, the economy is gonna crash and we're gonna have a civil war in this country and we're running out of water you know and it's like I can get away from all that shit by realizing that they're doing something with the um, the art form that I love most which is uh, crime
1: fiction yeah it really is it really is uh, not to not to belabor a point but that was one of the more brilliant things i've seen in years but you're right it did kind of read reignite that idea that crime fiction can still happen instead of being this stereotypical story Mm -hmm. arc of you know you read a joseph campbell book and now you're going to fucking tell me about the hero's journey i couldn't be more goddamn bored with that (laughs)
0: this guy's great He's, he's got it yeah um fuck man how much more time we got this
1: is fun well you know i was about to start wrapping up with you but let's get let's make sure everybody knows where to find you so uh dot com is your site and then gofundme.com slash help gene meet his son i want to make sure we get those out there anything else you want to tell the audience about
0: no i think that covers it
1: yeah i'm, and, I'm
0: about to uh uh how are we doing this chicken dice? Be frying them. I guess we're going to fry up some chicken thighs, and if we're still hungry after that, we've been taking eating small portions of food so that we can drink more. We're going to be getting really drunk and probably drinking until the early morning hours. She's uh, already spoken for us, so we can't have sex. But uh, I don't know. I mean, what do you, I mean, we could we could we could talk about that after the next bottle and see where uh, your morale is after that. You know, I'm uh, I'm feeling dangerous. She just flipped me off. I'm dangerous tonight. Uh, so that's, that's what we're doing. That's the only thing I also I, don't, I really want to care to say.
1: <laughs> no, I love it. You know, rust and coal on her.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, we were out in the ocean. We 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 were there was a thunderstorm everybody fled the beach, but we stayed out in the ocean the whole fucking time. getting rained on uh, thunderclaps and fucking lightning bolts, and we just floated around out there like a mile past the goddamn, you know, the swimming area signs. I mean, just you know, we just did it, you know. Mm-hmm. So it was a good day. I rode twenty miles. Fuck it. We're gonna drink some good wine. I just, I, I could talk to you all night, though. I I, just I, I, Florida. It's a lot. Most of the time, most of, the, uh, most of the time, I don't have uh, company out here. You know, I don't have female company out. Well, I have Gary across. Gary's very smart, but Gary, he's a drunk. He just wants to fight with me, so we just pick fights. You know, he, she tried to pick a fight with me three nights ago about the fact that. Brian Jones was a Rolling Stone when he died. Well, he fucking wasn't. And I had to drag him over here by the fucking ear, get him onto the internet and say, Brian Jones was two months fired from the Rolling Stones when he died. You know? But we but we fought about that for an hour before I finally came over. So, you know, if someone brings up a moot point just because they want to get into it with you, you know, maybe he really believed that Brian Jones was a he's Rolling Stone when he down. died. He's oh, see, he's, he's, he's in a world of hurt right now. i got to go. Take care of my neighbor. But uh Alex, man, great interview. Thank
1: yeah, you. No, thank you for coming on. Very much appreciate it. Like talking to you and have uh it be
0: back. have it back sometime. This no, no, it this...
1: definitely will. Once yeah, let's get your I'm gonna tweet out your tour stuff. Hopefully we can at least get you something going there, you know, see what happens. But yeah, keep writing, keep swimming with sharks, you know, dodge when you need to.
0: Well, if you uh um, if if I make it to Portland, I'm gonna buy you dinner.
1: Oh hell yeah, yeah, I'd love to meet you. That'd be fun.
0: But you're a vegan.
1: I'm a vegetarian. You know, I'm a little, little less, you know, stringent.
0: <laughs> we'll have a great vegetarian dinner. But you never drink, though. You never drink.
1: Oh no, I'll drink. No, no, I'll drink the fuck out of alcohol. <laughs> you yeah. Be
0: drunk. Fantastic.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, no. I'm. I, I. I do enjoy me some booze. I just didn't have any in the house, so I was drinking soda. <laughs> we'll
0: have a vegetarian dinner, and we'll get fucking trashed. We'll get plastered, and I'll take you on the Portland Eight Mile Tour. We'll go to Mary's. What a Mary's Club.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah, right, and
0: we
1: i know, I've actually never been to Mary's I'm not much of a strip club
0: They're guy the women there are totally naked, and there's and nobody ever has a problem with that. That's why I love Portland. you know they can put out all the nice stuff in Portlandia blah 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 the sex positive bullshit you know uh but we should uh, we should get have a vegetarian dinner and get drunk and uh take a tour of the sex negative bullshit <laughs> all right <laughs> and we can get a girl to pee on us
1: no, that's exactly <laughs> i think I think we got the perfect with the perfect Portland trip planned out. Ah. all right cool well gene thank you very much for coming on um everybody remember well i'll just tweet it out but it's uh gofundme.com slash uh, uh i know things help gene meet his son gofundme.com slash help gene meet his son will and you, uh well i get
0: why get in trouble if i show my cock before, we're, before we before we before
1: we uh wind this up right? um i mean i i don't know I'm, i don't care so go for it if you want
0: to. <laughs> There, there's my cut. See?
1: And you didn't even have there. to cut your arm open.
0: Yeah, well, it is what it is. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Beautiful. The way I talk about a, punctua- a punctuation mark at the end of a talk? <laughs>
0: <laughs> my, my video, my video camera stalls now. There we are. Well, there he is. Okay. Well, lovely. So, All right. well, good. Yeah, indeed. All right, nice so um, yeah, I will. I'll that was tr- of fucking bullshit. When I was it, was, it was intelligent bullshit.
1: Anyhow. Yeah, hell yeah. That's the that's the that's all I want is intelligent bullshit. Throw it down in the universe if people want to listen, they listen.
0: Oh, I can't believe I'm drinking Coors. <laughs> Why did you let me buy this crap? You know the Coors is owned by a Nazi. From a whole, they're, they're from a whole family of Nazis. Yeah, at least,
1: to, at least they have stick to itiveness. You know, they lost like sixty years ago.
0: Mm, well, they're still around.
1: So am I. That's I true. Fuck shit up. Alright, well, uh, yeah, on that note, watch Top Knot and I will, uh, I'll send you some links and, uh, shortly.